Hey there, and welcome to Joyful Talks. This is a podcast that has a quote-unquote black lady look at things, a countrified commentary, if you will. And in this podcast, we will be discussing things that make me joyful. Books, black history, black culture, black entertainment, pop culture, movies, TV, and music. I am your host that does the most, Joy Braswell. And uh, this is more about myself. I am a North Carolina native. Uh, it is one of the poorest places I've ever lived. So all I did as a kid was watch television, which is another thing that makes me also oh joyful. I have only lived in North Carolina all my life, but I have been around. I've been to Houston, Miami, D.C., Virginia, South Carolina. My favorite of those has to be Houston, of course, because of the the good old crawfish man i'm telling you if you ever go down there you need to check that out and i'm currently in grad school for uh, communications i'm getting my master's in communications and that is part of the reason why i started this podcast because i figure you know i used to work in radio so this is a good way to get my feet wet again and you know the mass communication of things since podcasting is the future why not give it a try but uh, without further ado let's get into the topic here all right so the topic of the day is colorism i believe that that is a doctrine that needs to be buried in the ground forever because for those of y'all that don't know colorism is a prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group it is Black History Month, you guys, and while it is so great to love and dote on the fact that Black people are amazing, we also need to address the serious issues within the Black community, which is why I chose Black History Month to discuss this uh, Black topic. Also, I recently uh, purchased a Kindle. If you haven't, you should do that. And I bought the book, The Color Purple by Alice Walker, written and published in 1982. And I found the book extremely interesting because it covers a lot of topics regarding black women. But the one that stuck out to me the most was the colorism, very present throughout the uh, novel. And I just wanted to, I wanted to discuss that a little more in depth for today. Um, colorism is very bad and it can destroy a black woman's identity and self-esteem because it's essentially telling you that if you're of a darker skin tone, you aren't pretty, you know, you're not made correctly, you are anything but. And black women are fine the way they are. You don't need to be a certain skin tone to be considered beautiful. You're beautiful on the inside and you're beautiful on the outside you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder and it should not be dictated by societal standards and or beauty standards that we set that are hard to even you know realistically accomplish anywho anyway for this uh topic i chose to interview a woman in my neighborhood her name is uh, miss liz about the color about colorism and how it has affected her and what she thinks about it and honestly, it was very insightful for me. I'll let you guys hear it. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm, I hope you are. I'm all right. Uh, man, telling us your name. 
Yes, my name is Elizabeth. Uh, hey, Miss Elizabeth. Uh, today on this podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, colorism and, you know, the effects it has on, you know, our society and uh, the black community. So uh, I just wanted to give you a little backstory on this. I had finished reading uh, The Color Purple a couple days ago, and I thought it was just a very endearing story, mainly because... Alice Walker did a great job of describing how terrible colorism is for the black community. And I just want to ask you, have you ever experienced uh, colorism firsthand? Uh, well, I have um, in my life. I mean, I experienced it um, when I was younger and I also experienced it, um, you know, just... I try to, you know, kind of shrug it off, you know, now because I don't want to be angry about it. But yeah, I've seen it. And um, one time I was doing, I had this job and um, and um, they had hired a lady. As a matter of fact, I trained the lady. And um, of course, the job that I had was, was uh, it was phasing out and the lady that I trained she was going to move in, in another uh, position and it was a position that I could do and I'd been there longer but I think you know I feel like you know because she was lighter prettier she had longer hair she, you know the my boss, I think he liked the way she looked. He was just making a decision to give her the job instead of just looking right over me. Yep, so I feel like, you know, that's one thing that happened to me. And, um, you know, it wasn't that she was better at it than I was or anything. It was just, and it, as a matter of fact, I I had been there long, so I had more experience with that job. But they chose her. Okay. Uh. Well... Have you read The Color Purple? I have. Oh, did you feel like that was what Alice Walker was uh, saying in her book about colorism, trying to shine light on it, even though the book was not made, it wasn't published around any time near here. It was published in the 1980s. Do you feel like she was trying to point at something that still goes on today? Of course, yeah. Um... Uh, I think that she was, but when I read the book, I didn't really, I didn't really focus on it, mm. on the colorism of the book. I basically focused on, you know, just that time frame and what things were like in that time frame. I, I kind of didn't really focus on the colorism at that, you know, at that time. And it's been a while since I read this book now, but um, now that you brought it up. I could I could see that she may have been, you know, bringing that to the front, but it just didn't come into front for me. I just saw that you know that this this is what was going on at this time. You know the way men treated women, the way that um, the way that whites treated blacks, 
Um, also, um, now that you mention it, I do remember the light-skinned girl that was that was in Harpo's life after he broke up with uh, with uh, Sophia. But he wanted her back. He's, he still loves Sophia, even though he picked that light-skinned woman. And I didn't see her as, I guess, I, I was rooting for Sophia when the fight was, when they had to fight. <laughs> but I didn't see it like um, he was choosing this woman because she was light-skinned. Let's see. Well, let me ask you this. Um, are you familiar with the uh, f the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air squabble where Jeanette Hubert, the darker-skinned one, and Daphne Maxwell Reed, the, the lighter-skinned, and Vivian, they were switched, you know? Yeah, I do remember that, and I remember, um, you know, feeling some type of way about it, too, because <laughs> I liked the dark. Not because I don't think mm -hmm. I liked it because she was darker. I think she was a better actress. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Hollywood, do you think that in Hollywood there's colorism present in Hollywood? Yes. My goodness, that's where it really is. I agree. But uh, do you think that the colorism has gotten better or worse? I say worse. Hmm. Well, hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, it could have possibly gotten worse, but you know, Nowadays, it's, it's like we're we're more conscious, conscious. I think that's the right word. Conscious of it now, we're more. We think about it a little bit more than I want to say than we really used to, or it was like a taboo mm -hmm. thing to talk about one time. Yeah, probably you know, in my younger years, we didn't really. I mean, if we said it, we said it behind closed doors. Well, you know, he likes her because she's light. She's lighter or whatever. It wasn't something that we would make a big deal out of even though it was a big deal so yeah i think uh it's it's in hollywood it's always been there it's never gonna go away uh has the colorism that you faced ever made you experience any type of identity crisis or issues i had an issue with my hair i see what was the issue it was nappy <laughs> <laughs> okay so 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 you're saying that you didn't like it because of the texture. Yeah, I, I, when I was younger, I had an issue about my hair. I wanted it straighter. I wanted it um, longer. I wanted it. Um, I wanted it thicker. I wanted it. I wanted it. Uh, like white people <laughs> wanted. I wanted my hair straight, and I, mm -hmm. and I I remember the first time I permed my hair. Oh my God! I I it was a mess. But I wanted it so bad. I, I didn't, I, at the time, you know, I was like, I don't care. I just want this. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, I had in my mind that it was, e my hair would be easier to take care of if it was straight all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I would be more uh, attractive if it was straight all the time. Of course, I've overcome those issues, but I had them. Mm -hmm. And all through high school, all through my young adult life, I had those issues. I had issues with my hair, and and I've suffered. From, I'm suffering from it now because all the things that I did to my hair then have made, uh, you know, things bad things happen to my hair now. Although you're still suffering from it, you can't. You could say that you've grown oh, no, since I, then. I don't. I don't have the issue of I, I want my hair straight anymore. I don't care about that anymore. I right now I just want my hair to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And I love it the way it is, but 
when I was young, I didn't think about it like that. I thought about, uh, this is a mess. I need to do something with this. I need to um, straighten this. I need to get a perm or a relaxer. Mm -hmm. And um, and then when my hair started to fall out, I said, okay, now I need to get a weave. And then when the weaves didn't seem to work, I was I was just distraught. I was just steady trying to find something to make myself look like somebody or something else. But then one day I just came to my senses about it. One day I was looking at my hair on the floor where I where the perm had or the relaxer had um kind of broken it off and I was just I I looked down at my my uh, bathroom rug and I'm like what in the world? This is my hair. It's gone. I see. It's lying on the floor. So from the time you were young from the time to now, if you can put a time stamp on it, how long do you think it took for you to overcome your identity issues from many, colorism. many years. Oh my gosh, many years. I, I, I'm gonna say all my whole twenties, all the way through my twenties, and maybe up until I was like thirty-seven. Wow, that's a long time. It was. Yeah. I mean, it's these are things that you you get in your head when you're a child. Um, you know, you go to you when you get a doll, and your doll's hair is pretty and straight you don't want the nappy headed doll you want the straight haired doll and when you you go to school and you see you know children with their hair straight and pretty and, you be, and you're wondering how they get their hair like that you know especially if they're about if they're almost the mm. same color as i am i agree and i want to know what did their mamas put on their hair you know i didn't think like that then but i was mm. wondering you know what why is why is their hair like this and mine is like this yeah, I got you. Okay, so what would you say would be the best solution for the societal problem of colorism? Well, I think we need to learn to, you know, at a young age, to love ourselves the way that we are. I think we need to be taught that there's nothing wrong with our hair and there's nothing wrong with our skin. And that that light is, is, is good, dark is good, nappy is good and it's not really nappy, uh, coarse texture is good and the, and the, and the straight texture is good. There's no, there's no, no wrong hair. <laughs> there's no such thing. So you say basically self-love is the best love. I think it is. <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your time, Miss Elizabeth. You're welcome wise words from a wise woman and this goes to show you that just because you live in a small town or even a poor town or even a town that barely even shows up on the map that everyone from poorest to richest has experienced colorism and we need to take that in stride for the future going forward because we need to be the change that we want to see as said in the interview, she believes that self-love is the best love, and I believe that is the biggest takeaway from this podcast episode today. We all need to learn to love ourselves and to spread that love around so that we can eradicate colorism once and for all. Because let's face it, ladies, we're black women. We've got enough problems. And us putting each other down just because someone is darker than the other should not be on that very, very, very extensive list. 
Well, guys, I got to step up out of here, but I want to take the time to thank Miss Liz for participating in this podcast episode. And for you out there participating in active listening in this podcast episode, I want you guys to keep hope alive during this Black History Month. Eat your vegetables, stay safe, and stay warm. There's some snowstorms out there. All right, guys, take it easy.